Hey, thanks for joining us today. This is Lisa, and today we're going to talk about banishing your inner critic. What is an inner critic? Is it possible that it can be abandoned, that it could be banished now and forevermore? You know, stay with us, and we're going to be talking about it in just a second. So I wanted to remind you that there is the Irresistible You Boot Camp. We do one every single month. We do a deep dive for five days and find out those qualities that make you uniquely irresistible. The VIP, the irresistible VIP of your own life. And hey, if you want to play... Remember, you sign up at YourSecondActWithLisa.com. That is YourSecondActWithLisa.com. And let's bring out the irresistible in Are you really, really ready for a change in your life? Then welcome to Unfuck Your Life with trailblazing, sassy, and crazy redhead, Lisa Grundon. She cusses. She says the truth. She won't blow hot air up your skirts, ladies. Be ready to create a kick-ass life. And now, here is Unfuck Your Life with your hostess, Lisa Grundon. So banishing your inner critic. Anybody curious? Anybody excited? Anybody like, oh, no, I'm close personal friends with my inner critic. What would I do if my inner critic were gone? I hated it when my mom criticized me all the time about the size of my butt, the size of my breast, the size of my mouth, the color of my hair, the zits on my face. Does that sound familiar to any of you? Have any of you ever had the moment when you heard your mother's voice coming out of your mouth? Shocking. I know. It is. It is. It is. And to banish. To banish means to remove. To banish needs to get rid of, raise, completely gone, eradicated, erased, going, 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 gone. And that critic comes from critical, from criticism, which is... Someone has shit to say about you. It's never nice. It's never, it's never um, constructive. Constructive criticism is called feedback. There's a huge difference. So criticism, you'll know if you're being criticized because you start feeling smaller and smaller and smaller. And you still kind of feel kind of shitty about yourself, kind of doubting about yourself. You could have been on top of the moon and there could be five pieces of feedback for you, and one of them is pretty harsh, and the other four, okay, or maybe even great. However, it might be that one that's really harsh that you've been paying attention to. A long time ago, uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer, I was attending one of his lectures, and he was telling us that if there, if there, if you were at a really nice outdoor cafe, you know, somewhere fun, and you know, there's great coffee or whatever your beverage of choice is, and you know, maybe a croissant or anything delicious delicious that you enjoyed eating, that if there are two people sitting right there in the center, surrounded by everyone else, if they were having the same conversation, the two of them back and forth, that goes inside, on inside of most of our heads most of the time, their conversation would quickly become so toxic, so so tough, so negative that everyone around them, everyone in listening distance would have to leave. They'd have to move. They'd have to get far, far away. 
Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Um, maybe you've heard it before where it could have been your parents that were having this conversation, having this fight where they were screaming and they were yelling and, or, you know, they wouldn't even have a fight. It just might've been most of the conversation, most of the time, pretty critical stuff. Um, I know that when I heard those kinds of words, I stayed out of the way. I was out of the line of fire. And what I didn't realize at the time, because it was just a child, um, is that, we were bathing in that. We were, that was just filling us. We were, we were being coded. We were being programmed. We were being taught that this is the way you communicate, especially those in love. This is the way you communicate that never, ever, ever should you feel so good about yourself because then you kind of be stuck up and who wants to be stuck up, right? And you know, that's just, that's just not it at all. So lots of times that voice that goes on, that inner critic that goes on, it's because you learned over a long period of time, you learned that that's, those are the things that are being said. And so if you think about it for just a moment and you think about what it is you criticize, your looks, your size, your education, your intelligence, your communication style, whether you're frigid, whether you're a sex pot, whether you're a sex addict, any of those things. And I say all of these things not to make anything wrong, but just think inside of your head for a moment. What do you criticize yourself for? What do you often say? Oh, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I had eaten that cake. I wish I, I wish I hadn't had sex with that person. I wish that I had done better on this test. I wish I had a better job. I wish I had better friends. I wish I had more money. You know, all of and then that conversation quickly dwindles into well, I can't because I don't because, and it just goes down, 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 down. For most of us, most of the time, that is what happens. And you know what? You don't have to to take that. I've been in the healing business since about 2008. I've been in business for myself doing various different kinds of healing modalities. And you know what? How I was taught in the very beginning is that people have a problem, you fix the problem. And uh, you see, what's going on here is that this inner critic it's not yours. It was never yours. Now, it feels like yours because, hey, this thought's in your head. You're thinking this thought, you know, it must be yours, right? However, when you go back, as you did just a few moments ago in this very conversation, it was what you learned from what was modeled for you, from what you heard when you were quite small, whether it was fights, whether there was anger, chances are there was a lot of stuff going on. Now, I don't know how many of my clients have had PhDs. I haven't, I haven't kept track of all of them. I do, however, know how many clients I have had that have had three PhDs, and that was one. And this is why I remember her so specifically, because she kept getting another degree. She'd go to school so she could prove to her father how smart she was. So let me say that again. Not one PhD, not two PhDs, not just a college education, not just a high school education, not even just a GED, not even just showing up as her marvelous, wonderful, uniquely gifted, talented self, not even just an undergrad degree. Three PhDs. 
and her father died never acknowledging her intellect. And it took her, well, not so much time after we worked together. However, it took her a lot longer because by the time I started seeing her, she was in her 60s. And that's the inner critic that was going on inside of her head most of her life. And so I, when I look back on, the, on most of my clients, and even on, in my life in particular, it's like um, if the, one of the first questions is I'll ask them what they're there for, and I'll ask them how long has this been an issue? How long has this been something that you've wanted to overcome, to work with, to banish once and forever? And, you know, most of them say, most of my life. And see, this, criti- this critic, this criticism, this critical factor is not you. It never was you. It is not you. And so continually trying to fix it is not going to get to the heart of the problem. Continuing trying to fix it, all you're going to do is create an infinite loop for you to fix something about your gorgeous, talented, wonderful self. And you know what? Aren't you, aren't you just kind of sick of that? I mean, I mean, really, aren't you just really sick about it that, gee, there must be something fucking wrong with you that needs to be looked at, that needs to be addressed, that needs to be fixed? And, you know, that's not true. It never was true. And so what it takes, if you've been listening to my show for a while, you know that I talk about red light, green light. You know, I talk about doing a 180 on this. And a great way to do this is where did you learn? Ask a couple questions. So where did you learn to be oh so critical of you? Now be honest, okay, because you're writing down something that you learned. I know, I've talked about this before, but I know that the very first time that I started doing work on this level on myself, that I felt very guilty for saying or even thinking something badly about my parents or someone who had taken care of me or anything like that. And the truth of the matter is, is that it's right now in this situation, you're affecting a memory. And you're bringing back because what you're doing is you're pulling out pieces that don't belong there, that no longer suit you, that hold you back, that keep you from recognizing how gorgeous and fabulous you are. And you know what? It's just... (laughs) It's just time, you know, it's just time. And so where did you learn this? Because what usually happens is you didn't learn any of the, you didn't, you didn't originate this thought. You may have thought that you originated this thought, but you didn't originate this thought because it didn't come from you initially. It's not yours to um, clear, to eradicate, to fix. It's yours to pull out to pull out and remove. It's not yours. Repeat that after me. It's not mine. It's not mine. It's not mine. And I'm sending it back. I'm giving it back. Under one modality that I learned, we learned uh, return to center with consciousness attached. Other modalities that I've learned are just, you know, pull it all out, you know, send it out as energy, throw it in a great big fire pit, eradicated, erased, gone, 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 gone. And so once you've done that, once you've given it back, once you've given it back, the thing that wants to go back to where that spot was is what felt most familiar. It's like, Lisa, what the heck do you mean by that? Well, 
we make the familiar unfamiliar and we make the unfamiliar familiar. That is my job. That is what I get to do day in and day out. And you might be thinking to yourself, Lisa, that just sounds like a bunch of gobbledygook. Well, it isn't gobbledygook because familiar is the comfort zone. It's the restricted area. It's the rubber band that doesn't stretch. And there's nothing new that ever happens in a comfort zone. It's actually equivalent to kind of like a low-grade suck. Nothing's really wrong. However, you don't like feel always inspired or you don't always like feel excited. It's kind of... I know I'm dating myself here, but there was this uh, commercial on TV for Dunkin' Donuts years ago, years and years and years ago, back in the early 80s. And it would be this guy, and he would be getting up early, early in the morning, be time to make the donuts. And I always think of that commercial in that vein, time to make the donuts, in, in that in that kind of essence of... Oh, I don't want to do it. I got to get up. I just got to go through the through the rigors. I just have to go through the normalness of it all. I just I can't wait till it's five o'clock. Hey, there's a reason there's a song called it's five o'clock somewhere. It's not just for people who want to have a drink. It's five o'clock somewhere means Yahoo, it's quitting time. Finally, I'm free. And uh, so it's that vibration that we're, that we're looking at because that's where that criticism of yourself, that's where that lives, that's where that resides, is it felt really familiar and it really was a fucking low-grade suck. And you know what? I want you to call it that that's a low-grade suck. That is a low-grade suck physically, mentally, emotionally criticizing me, my gorgeous self, you, your gorgeous self really is a low-grade suck. And so it's questioning that. So you've questioned it, you've pulled it out. And now it's like, okay, instead of being critical of myself, I choose to be full of laughter. I choose to find something to smile about. I choose to find something to laugh about. I choose to find something to be inspired about. And I know a lot of you are thinking, you know, Lisa, you just sound like you're this la 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 person who uh, just gets excited for no damn good reason. And you know what? Sometimes I am a la 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 person that gets excited for no damn good reason. Because you know what? There's so much in life to be excited about. I mean, really take a freaking look around. I had a client one time and she grew up in a very poor area to a, a mother who was incredibly addicted to all kinds of all kinds of drugs and um she had I'm not sure I think six or seven siblings by different same mom different dads for each and every single one of them and she was telling me a story one time when she was looking out her window, she was looking out in the projects and everything was just kind of gray. Um, the buildings were kind of beaten up. There was no grass. It was just all kind of dirt and mud. And she thought to herself, there must be somewhere prettier than this. There has to be somewhere prettier than this. And that was the line, the momentum that changed her, changed her life, changed her stars, however do you want to talk about it, because every single one of her brothers and sisters is in a similar situation to that of her mother when it comes to battling an addiction with alcohol and drugs. And she does not, because she spent her life looking that message, there must be somewhere prettier. And as a fact, in fact, how she makes her living today is taking people on vacations, on travel adventures to various gorgeous places throughout the world. And so now, as you're thinking that you've had this inner critic for a while, maybe most of your life, there's really nowhere to change it. And so 
I invite you to go back to this person who said, there has to be somewhere prettier than this. There has to be a thought better than this. There has to be something about me that I can love. There has to be something about me that I can love. There has to be something about me I can appreciate. There has to be something that can bring me joy. So me, I like plants. I love looking, I love looking at plants. I love looking at flowers. And you know, it doesn't matter what time of the year it is. There's always something somewhere, somehow, even in the, even in the coldest parts of the winter, there's always, if it's not just something, it's the hope for something. And it's me flipping through magazines or something like that. It's me playing with my dogs. It's me walking my dogs. It's me saying hi to kids who are outside or hi to different adults. And when there's the crispness in the air, the freshness in the air, whatever it is, because I choose to fill in the blank there. I choose to laugh at least five times a day. I choose to find something every day that inspires me. I choose to find something every day that makes me happy for no good reason. I choose to find, I choose to think of myself. You see where I'm going with this? Don't make that criticism of you so fucking significant anymore. Stop making it insignificant. Stop giving it importance. Stop saying it. And I know sometimes that that's really easy for me to say, and you're thinking it's not so easy for you to do. However, you're going to be surprised that when you practice, there must be something prettier than this. There must be some place prettier than this. This little girl didn't say this to herself once. This little girl said this to herself every single time she looked out the window over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And if you would have looked at statistics in the house that she grew up with, the um, number of siblings that she had, where she lived, her economic status at that time, her age, all of the markers were against her. And she chose, there must be something prettier than this. The markers aren't against you. There's nothing against you. I choose to recognize my gorgeous self today. I choose to find something. I like my hair. I like my smile. I like my feet. I like this outfit that I wear. I like how this outfit makes me feel good. And this is practice and practice and practice and practice and practice. And you might think you will, you got some better things to do. Really? Honestly, it's more fun to sit there and think awful things about yourself rather than appreciating yourself. See, this is that irresistible you component. It's not just for some of us. It's for all of us. It's not just a few lucky people that get to know they're irresistible, that get to feel irresistible. It's for all of us. So if you haven't signed up, check out Irresistible You Bootcamp where, you know, it's free. It's totally free. Your second act with Lisa.com. That's your second act with Lisa.com. Come to Irresist- Irresistible You Bootcamp. And you're banishing your inner critic. These words are so toxic, so tainted. If they were ever heard amongst a bunch of people hanging around, everyone would leave. You most likely heard it. It was modeled for you by the adults, the parents, the caregivers that were in your environment as you were growing up. This is not yours. 
yours. It's never been yours and you can get rid of it by sending it out and replacing it with a new vibration. Yes, it is as simple as that and gorgeous. You're fucking worth it. So until next time, this is Lisa. Sparkle on. You have fun. You feel empowered. You feel that confidence. Unfuck Your Life podcast is to help you grow your current self-worth to maximum confidence. So listen, subscribe, share, and get ready to have a kick-ass life. Interested in learning more about Lisa? Go to lisagrunden.com. L-I-S-A-G-R-U-N-D-E-N.com.